chasing a little ball with these great big mallets and you're trying to whack it and you're standing in the stirrups and English saddles as well, not even Western saddles. You quite often end up on the ground. Anyway, so I've been... <laughs> anyway. I've been Peter, Peter I, has almost, a death wish. I, I like how he just casually says, I, I'm about to get trampled by 10 thoroughbred horses. Sometimes you end up on the ground. Anyway, that's not part of this It's story. a lot Let of me... fun. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Oh, it's... Oh, why, sounds... why do... Why do people in your country ride bulls and bucking bronx? Because well, we don't. <laughs> Welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship. This is Mark Deal of Podcast Editor Academy and Podcast Guest Academy. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail. This is the podcast about cleaning up the messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. I felt it myself due to people, processes, and platforms. And now here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. The mindset we bring to difficult situations will determine not just how we handle them, but more importantly, how we emerge from them. Given that we are wired for security, it's only natural that our initial response is to focus on the threats and safeguard ourselves against them. This is instinct kicking in, driving us into defensive mode to protect what we have and mitigate against loss. History has taught us that every difficult situation holds opportunities, usually invisible to the eye in the midst of the storm. There is more to learn in failure than in success. There is more to learn through trials than in easy living. William Arthur Ward said, adversity causes some men to break, others to break records. And our expert knows about adversity, believe us. Our expert segment today, we're gonna to be speaking with Peter Wright. Peter tells entertaining stories from his unusual experiences living and traveling widely in Africa for most of his life. He moved to Canada with two suitcases, a horse saddle, six cats, and no money. Peter's a survivor of extreme adversity. His background allows him to provide a different perspective to situations and inspire audiences to think critically about life, to overcome challenges, and to find happiness within themselves. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the Messy Backend Exposed, our expert Peter will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your back end cleaned up, but he will also expose how to find happiness within adversity. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you'd like to submit your story or question for our experts, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We're fast approaching episode 100, so we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, 
our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Peter Wright, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. So today we have a messy backend question uh, submitted by one of our listeners. Building a business is so hard. I started out with all of this gung-ho attitude, but I seem to be losing my desire to keep going. So much struggle every day. How can I lift myself back up on the proverbial horse and keep going? Well, thanks. First of all, Nate and Sheila, thank you very much for having me on your show. I've watched several episodes and I'm very impressed with what you do. You have a huge range of guests and a lot of interesting and and enlightening information. So I appreciate it. So let me try and answer that question. Uh, The first comment I'd make, Nate, would be that if if you're in that position, you've really got three choices. You can change your business model or direction. You can change your mindset or you can stop and, and give up. So you've got to decide. And I'm assuming from the way that the question's written that option three, giving up, is not actually an option. So we're left with two. So change your business, change your mindset. Sometimes it's obvious that you need to change your business or direction. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes you've got to start with your mindset. We can go down that route. First thing I'd I'd say is to look at your values. This is advice that was given to me many, many years ago. And if your business direction strategy what you're trying to do is out of line with one of your core values, it's always going to be a struggle. Believe me, it's always going to be a struggle. I've ended up in a couple of businesses out of necessity in my life that I've hated from day one until the day I got out. And I did it because I'll tell you more about my story later if we get a chance. But at one point, having moved to a new country in the middle of a recession, I had to feed my kids and pay rent. And I could not get a regular job. I had no money to start a business. So I was selling stuff on commission only using my own car. Hated every minute of it. Uh, But I fed the kids. But I knew that that was contravening or contradicting my core values. So I had to get out. And once I got out, my whole life turned around and I got happier. So I think that's that's where you start. Is your business in line with your values? If it's not, you've got to really make some serious decisions. Yeah, no, that's a huge first point. I've done so many jobs in my life where I'm like, yeah, this is a working business model. But if you hate what you're doing, if it doesn't align with your core values, it doesn't matter how, you know, how much money you're bringing in, how successful it is. If you're, if you're unhappy, it's not working. So I love that. I love that you bring that up first. The second one, second one that, I, that I've used, uh, and again, advice I got from people older and wiser than I was at the time, and reading, uh, and that's another point. I think one must always, always be learning in this life, no matter how old one gets. So I came across this concept of um, cardboard cartons. Now, this sounds strange when we're talking about business. So the way it was explained to me was, what are you worried about? Well, I've got to do my tax return by the end of the month. And I'm not sure if I've got it, we'll have enough money to pay the uh, sales tax at the end of the month. I have to meet a bill of whatever, otherwise they're going to cut my phones off. 
Um, I'm worried about my son at school because he's got these problems and, and, and on and on and on. And this is on top of the general business worries. So what they said to me was, right, when do you have to pay your sales tax? It's three weeks away. Yes, right. I want you to picture a cardboard carton with the word sales tax payment on it. Put that worry into that carton. Seal it up with that brown wrapping tape that you use to seal cartons and put it on a shelf in your back room there messy back room or straight back room doesn't matter just put it out of out of sight you don't need to think about that for three weeks right put it out of sight okay what's the next problem and you go on so all your individually small problems that are creating this huge weight and destroying your gung-ho attitude are weighing you down like an overloaded pickup so you put each individual problem in a cardboard carton visualize it put it away on a shelf and then say right what's the most urgent or most important this one's urgent or they're going to cut my phones off. It has to be done. Let's deal with it. And you'll find a way to deal with it. So now you can throw that cardboard cotton away. And then you go to the next one. So that's what I'm talking about, compartmentalized. Don't let your whole focus be overtaken by numerous small individual problems. Pick on the most important one, work on it, get it out the way, get on to the next one. And in between that, do the creative stuff. So, so that has worked really well for me. And I, I've had some serious problems. I've been bankrupt twice. I've lost three properties through no fault of mine, through politics in Africa. I've lost businesses. I've had to fire people. And eventually I lost everything and moved to Canada with a suitcase. So believe me, I know what it's like to, to have these insurmountable problems. But, you know, life goes on. And the old saying, this too shall pass. And you've got to somehow move that weight and get out from under the weight and deal with it piece at a time, piece at a time. So that was my second response to that question. I love that. And I love that you didn't give up in everything that you've been through. I love what Yogi Berra said. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. And it mm -hmm. seems like to me that you knew where you wanted to go. And I love that you're saying to take all these little things and separate them, put them in the order of, you know, in some kind of priority and just worry about the one you can take care of right now instead of all of them at the same time. I know, especially when I was a single mom of five children, my worries were so enormous and it seemed like I didn't know how to manage all of the worries all at one time. I'd never lost perspective of where I wanted to go and that I had to keep my family together. That was the one thing that always kept me going, but taking all that big weight and turning it into little tiny, small pieces of weight. I absolutely, I absolutely love that because quitting is not an option. Anyone who's listened to this podcast, quitting is not even an option, no, no, you know, but no. you're making sure that you're serving your passion and your purpose is why we do what we do in the first place. And it's not, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not. It's not. So I, I got a third step, and Thank that's you. using. I, I think, I'm sure it's Rudyard Kipling came up with this, and he calls them his five faithful serving men. And it's also got another acronym. Journalists call them the something questions. I've forgotten what they say. And that's your what, when, why, where, and how questions, right? Rudyard Kipling serving men. So analyze why you've lost the gung ho attitude by saying, what's causing it? Is it? the business as a whole? Is it deadlines? Is it uh, doing what you don't want to do? If you can identify that, you're, you've made the first step. You're on, on a go. When do you feel like this? Is it at the end of a busy day? Is it when you get out of bed in the morning? If it's the end of a busy day, it's, it's not too bad. One would expect to be a little jaded. But if it's when you're getting out of bed in the morning, you've got a problem. You've got to change your mindset or change your business. And then why? Why is it affecting me like this? And, and that might tie back to your values. That's your 
your business might have gone in a direction out of necessity that no longer honors your value. You may have found out something about the service or product that you're trying to sell that you didn't know when you started that doesn't honor your values. You may find there's an element of deception or going back to when I was selling something on commission only, I discovered that we were actually ripping, the company was ripping people off horribly. And I said, I don't care how badly I need to earn money to feed my kids. I just can't do this anymore. And I found another way to survive. So the why is important. Where is it? When do I feel like this when I'm sitting at my desk, when I'm in my workshop, when I'm on my farm, or do I feel like this all the time? And again, if you only feel like it some of the time, it's easy to identify why you're feeling like it and to fix it. If it's wherever you are, whenever you are, a little more complicated, but not insurmountable. And then how, how does it make me feel like this? Um, how does it make me feel? Is it just uh, magnified worries that don't have a lot of substance or, or is there something real here that I should be addressing? Because we all know that uh, things get into our minds and they go around and around and multiply and suddenly what was a little gnat flying around becomes a swarm of these killer hornets. You know, So it's very important to work out how, how it's affecting me and try and deal with it like that. So, so that would be another exercise, which again, I've gone through many times and sometimes I've said what's happened is I have to change my business. Uh, other times I've said there's things here I can't control. I've got to decide can I live with them or do we have to make a major change? Um, when, when politics destroyed everything when I was in Zimbabwe and I ended up at the age of 54 with nothing, home gone, business gone, farm gone, all my equipment stolen and virtually no cash, I said yeah, I can't survive in this country anymore. I have to leave. So Sometimes you've got to make a major change. But the whole thing, as Sheila said earlier, you don't quit. You might have to change direction a little bit, but you find a way of moving forward. Yeah, sometimes you have to change direction a little bit. And I'm going to say, I felt like you changed direction a lot, moving from Zimbabwe up to Canada. Yeah. That's, I think that's literally the opposite side of the world that, that we live on. So you, you, you didn't let those limitations stop you. You said, hey, you know what? This is where I need to go to be able to continue surviving. You know, that was, that was the drive at that point. It was your core value was to still have core values, was oh, yeah. to still be able to survive. Uh, and, and you said, I got to pack up what I have left. You know, one suitcase, a couple of cats, right? And, yeah, you know, little, six, little, little... Six, six cats. Oh, that's not a couple. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of cats. cats. Did you fit those all in the suitcase? Or I've, no, I've never tried no. putting two cats in a suitcase. The sting of the tail is there. I'll, t I'll expand on that a little bit. I came first because I was in more danger than my partner. And she, she was able to move to a safe place, a cottage on my brother's property with six dogs and six cats. Right? But some of the dogs were old and, and cats are pretty easy to relocate. And we thought we might come to a place that wasn't fenced. And our dogs had had a thousand acre farm to run around. And so we said, not going to be fair. So we found homes for some of the dogs. I, so I flew first, then then she came six months, eight months later, and she said, I'm not coming if I can't bring my cats. So we spent more on airfares of, of a very short supply of funds on bringing the cats here than we, we did for either of us. So we, we brought a horse saddle each as well, because we'd had horses all our lives. And we did get horses in Canada. And we arrived here with enough cash for a very old F-150 pickup. And we started again. But uh, we had to do that. And, and the other part which doesn't really help with answering this, the question, but it's important is that 
I ended up having employed 186 people in my peak season on my farm in Zimbabwe to coming to Canada and doing some of that very same work for someone else as a farm worker. So pride is a, is a big issue. You know, it's, it's your pride takes it on. You've just got to let it go and say, that was that world. I'm now in a new world and I've got to do what I've got to do to survive. And um, I, I worked on a farm as a worker for four years before through other circumstances, I managed to start my own business here again in Canada, but I never lost sight of starting my own business again. So that's the important thing. It was a big change of direction. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they run into that trouble. I know I have. So I've, I've built my business and I've had several different brands. I've had to change several different directions mm -hmm. because I've found where uh, I started building my business and then I had to make money. So I would kind of veer off of what my purpose was to keep food on the table, mm -hmm. you know, especially mm -hmm. as a single mom, I had to keep yeah. the roof on the, over their heads, food on their table and clothes on their backs. And sometimes I would kind of have to veer off. So I'd start different things. And then once I started making money, I started realizing, man, I hate getting out of bed in the morning. I hate what I'm doing. And I had no passion for what I was doing. And because of that, it does rub off on your clients. It, it rubs off on of the people around you. It changes you. Um, and it, when it becomes that, you know, trudging thing to get out of bed, it's, it's okay to change directions. I think a lot of our uh, listeners maybe wonder, do we have to pivot? And when do we have to pivot? Certainly 2020 showed us all that we can all mm -hmm. pivot and that it's possible. Everything is possible. So I, I love these ideas. I love these strategies. And I love your what, when, where, why, and how. Um, I always start with the why, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of leads me one way, but um, I, I never really thought about asking all of those questions to myself. I usually start with just why and then end, but maybe I'm not finishing up the, <laughs> the, the real struggle by not answering all of the other questions as I move forward into the actual change of things. I think, I think the, the, the five questions in their totality are important because some of us think more logically and some of us think more emotionally. So the why question is strong on the emotion, but the, some of the others, the where, when, and the what, and even the how are more on the logical side. So if you go through the whole lot with a bit of luck, you'll open it up quite, quite well. So another one that, that I've used, and Sheila, when we spoke earlier, when you were a guest on our podcast, which we were really grateful for, um, was delegation or I think you were talking about using interns and, and a lot of and I myself am the same I hate doing accounts right I hate doing the tedium of accounts so I've always got an overflowing little bin of receipts that need to go into the computer and then of course every once or twice a month I have to spend an hour getting it up to date so when I had my business before and I had a bigger cash flow I took on a, I, I hired a bookkeeper right and a secretary and I had six office staff, I think, in one of my businesses in Africa. So I just did what I wanted to do. But when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, and Sheila, you mentioned this as well, you have to do everything. And I think quite often the things that destroy that gung-ho attitude are those routine, tedious things that are part of the business that if we only thought about it, we could get rid of by outsourcing, delegating, or hiring interns or something. So I, I think it needs careful analysis is what's causing our, our mindful mindset problem. And if it's being absorbed for half the day in routine administration, then quickly find a way of getting rid of that and let someone else do it. <clears throat> so that's a trap I've fallen into since I've been in Canada. A lot of people fall into, I know, and it weighs you down. It, uh, it really does. 
Yeah, the accounts sounds tiring to me. Like you just saying that, I was like, "Ew, gross!" <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to do that. So My energy no, went I, down too. Like I think all of us went. Ooh, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I apologize to the bookkeepers out there. You guys love that. You guys are our saviors. We love the bookkeepers. We we can't do that, and we can't run our businesses without you guys. Um, but no, it, you're, you're totally right. Like uh, something we say on our podcast often is if it hires, if it tires you out, hire it out. Uh, that's um, right. But there's another way to get into that trap and that's because we are interested in it. So uh, 10 years ago when I had the heart attack and I had to leave the farm work and, and very quickly find another way to earn money, um, I got on to building websites on WordPress and I found it quite fascinating. And I built several for my own and a few for clients and got paid for it. And then I added different stuff on and got smarter and found out more tech stuff. And I was fascinated by the whole lot for a short while. But what I found was every new fascinating shiny toy that came along captivated my attention for a month or two and didn't earn me very much money and took me away from what I should have been doing. So the opposite of the tedious stuff is the exciting, interesting, fascinating stuff that's not really what we should be doing either. So, yes, it's good to have an all-round technical knowledge of how your website works, but it's far better to pay someone else to sort it all out so we can keep on the stuff we should be on. So that's another one that I trap that I see myself and other people falling into as well. It, it might not be websites. It might be, I don't know, anything. But any anything that's not core to your business – be careful if you enjoy it too much. We call that SOS or shiny object syndrome. Yep. That can yep. run you, you know, that can run your accounts down where you run out of money because you're getting everything, you're being distracted, sure. you're being pulled in 15 different directions. I mean, that can go wrong on so many ways, but especially as entrepreneurs, that's something we really have to pay attention to because mm -hmm. most of us have a million ideas and we have to remember to stick to the one and get that built up and get that growing and get that automated and get that working and then maybe start into something else. Do you know, keep a notebook or something. I have a notebook. I actually put all my notes in. If I've got an idea and I try and put it in there, I'm, I'm the same as everybody, every other entrepreneur out there. I've got call it squirrel syndrome as well. <laughs> like from the movie up, you know, that dog, yeah. like, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I don't know. Like I used to suffer from shiny object syndrome when it comes to like business. Definitely like, oh, that'll be the solution to the business. Let me, that looks intriguing. That looks like a new software or product or situation. Let me jump in there. And then Peter, like you're saying, it's like after a month or two, be like, oh, well, that was exciting. Now I've learned it all. Or yeah. now, now I've done it. Uh, but really, I think it is important, definitely with the burnout is you have to focus back on, you know, your core values, but the core value of like your business, it's like, sure. what is your business's core? You know, what is your, what is your mission statement? Does your business have a mission statement? Because if you don't have that mission statement, you, you don't have that focus in that direction and you're going to get distracted by everything else that's out there. Um, yep. But if you yep. go, okay, does this align with my mission statement? Yes or no? No. Okay. Well then let's table that for now. Let's not get distracted by that uh, as fun as and exciting as shiny new tech always is, it at always least for is. me. It yeah, always my, is exciting. I, I'm the same. The, the other trap that I fall in myself and have to keep checking myself, and I know a lot of people do, which, which is a big one in destroying the gung-ho attitude uh, because it, it sinks so much time, is social media on the one hand and newsletters. Um, 
email, you know, and especially with the politics in your country, with this virus thing, uh, there is so many opinions and views, and there's the alternate media, sometimes is more truthful than the mainstream. I find I tend to look at more channels than I used to, to try and see what the real story is, both on politics mm. and the virus. And what you, if you're not careful, you can spend, you know, many hours a day on this, and you're not doing what you should be doing. And now you're feeling overwhelmed because you're not doing what you should be doing. And you're depressed from all the news. So I don't spend a lot of time on social media other than promoting my businesses. But my my bad one is uh, videos and news channels on, on alternate media, especially. So I find I have to be really disciplined now. And now I say, until I finish work at five o'clock, which is my normal office hours, I'm not going to look at those. I'll take my laptop downstairs and instead of watching TV at night, I'll look at them on the laptop after business hours. And I regularly, like every two weeks, I'll go through all the newsletters that I subscribe to say, do I really read that? No, nope. boom, gone, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Otherwise, my day is frittered away on all this stuff and I just feel overwhelmed because I'm not doing anything productive. You know, So that's, that's a trap I think a lot of people fall into. We had um, my husband on an episode, I believe it was episode 85, where he talks about decision-making mm -hmm. and I was actually working with him again on that yesterday. You have to keep reinventing what you want your life to be. The more mm -hmm. you learn, the more people you meet, the things that you know that you want to do as your situation changes, you have to reevaluate those things. And so we did the same thing where we sat down and we said, what are your priorities? And we number those priorities, put them in order, you know, so family being my, my first priority. And then I'm working on my book. That's my second priority. And then I've got my podcast. And so then everything that I do um, on my scheduler, according to Brendan Bouchard, he says, I can tell you what's important to you by looking at your calendar. So I went and I time blocked everything out. This was very tedious. We did this yesterday, um, Vance and I, and I blocked out all my time and I, I realized I need to block out my email time. Look, see now, if anybody's watching the video, he's showing us his, he's written it all out. We call that a horse blanket of you know, what you need. Color, to color coded at color -coded. the bottom. Yeah. So my, that's what my Google calendar looks like now is it's got mm -hmm. these chunks of time. And so sometimes it says that I'm busy and sometimes it says that I'm not busy and I put my emails in there, but I don't like, I hate social media. I only use it. Like you said, for business, I try and stay off of it otherwise, but I'm starting to limit my email time to like uh, four 15 minute breaks mm -hmm. because it just can just, you can just get sucked into it. It's exhausting and it can be. And that's one other, one of those admin things where whenever I do have a virtual assistant that's working for me, that's one of the things I have them do is actually can clean out my emails. Cause it's just, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, know. I, I What I do is 10 minutes in the morning, I go through, I have about 12, 13 different email addresses. I know it's too many for all my different businesses. <laughs> yeah, but I've got info at this for website, this one, info at that for that website. They all need checking. Right? I go through 10 minutes on my timer and I move aside anything that needs sorting out right away. Okay. Everything else gets either deleted or left. And then... Um, before that, most of my newsletters come to a totally separate email address. So I don't even get distracted when I'm going through my normal list. I have a separate address, which I look at once or twice a week. And then I don't go back to that email inbox unless someone sends me a Slack message or phones me, said, we've sent you an email we, we'd like you to look at. I don't go back to email till late afternoon when I've got the rest of the stuff out the way. So I find that discipline helps. As you say, it helps a, a lot. Oh, I love that. I, I need to start doing that better uh, with email. Recently, kind of on the same 
page is that um, I've actually deleted all the social media apps from my phone mm -hmm. and I've turned off notifications during the day, like during, you know, nine to five when I'm mm -hmm. working, I, I turn it off. So I don't get text messages, no email alerts, nothing of that sort on my phone. Like even phone calls, you know, I've got that do not disturb turned on. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to call me twice an emergency type of thing for it to even light up. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, that's, that's been something that's totally helped me stay focused and, yep. and stay aligned of, you know, looking at that schedule to not get overwhelmed and not get feel like we can't do it. You know, earlier when you were describing like, Hey, take everything, you know, segment them, kind of put these stresses and worries out inside boxes. I actually do that. Not necessarily illustratively, but I use a program called Trello to yep. tackle all my projects. Mm -hmm. And anytime I'm feeling super stressed out and I go, I just feel like I have the entire, you know, world of things, you know, that I have to do. Um, and it's, it's like that old uh, saying, well, how do we eat an elephant? Yep. We eat it one, one bite at a time. That's and a right. lot of times we think, oh, these things that are too big, they're, they're, there's too much for us to handle. It feels like an elephant. When in reality, it's, it's not, it's the, you know, a bunch of little elephants in a trench coat looking like a big <laughs> elephant, but you pull <laughs> the trench way. coat. Yeah. You pull the trench coat off of it. You go, oh, I can actually, this doesn't have to be done for three weeks. Let me move that for a three week away due date. Let me do these things. And then for me, specifically on Trello, what really helps is still not looking at it as the board, the board, but then going to calendar view mm -hmm. and going, oh, I can actually breathe because today all I have to do are these two things. Tomorrow I have to do these three things. The next day, you know, but it breaks it out as opposed to seeing, oh, I've got 46 things that need to be done. I can't, I can't handle this. But then when you see it, okay, one bite at a time, smaller elephant fence in a big trench coat, you know, we can tackle this. There's another, another angle to this that I haven't mentioned that I've found is, is helps me and that is your health and exercise. In my earlier years, I did a lot of equine sports. I played a game called polo cross, which is like lacrosse on horseback, right? It's really fast. It's really dangerous. Had a few people get killed, and uh, you end up often with a whack in the head that requires uh, suturing bruises, but it's fun. And then I've played polo, which is on a much bigger field, is a more of an adrenaline rush because you've got eight thoroughbred horses going 760, 70 k's an hour down the field. Well, 10 with the with the umpires, all chasing a little ball with these great big mallets and you're trying to whack it and you're standing in the stirrups and English saddles as well, not even Western saddles. So you quite often end up on the ground. Anyway, so I've been... <laughs> anyway, I've been Peter has I a almost, death wish. I, I like how he just casually says, I, I'm about to get trampled by 10 thoroughbred horses. Sometimes you end up on the ground. Anyway, that's not part of this. It's story. a lot Let of me... fun. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Oh, it's... Oh, why, sounds... why, do, why do people in your country ride bulls and bucking bronx? Because well, we it's don't. Fun. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. Oh, no, I love it. No. What, what I'm going to get at then. Um, for many years I ran, I ran marathons and that wasn't a big enough bit of excitement at 42 Ks or 26 miles. So then I ran ultra marathons of 50 miles. I did a whole lot of those. Um, I did windsurfing and I couldn't swim. So I nearly drowned a few times. <laughs> I did uh, a riverboat race 
with couldn't swim, didn't have a life jacket, nearly drowned, very nearly drowned in that. I should not be laughing. Oh my goodness, I should not be laughing. I was good um, with the ultra marathons. I, I want to do an ultra marathon. You do have, you do have a death wish. <laughs> my brother said back in, this was in Rhodesia before it became Zimbabwe. So we're talking, oh, I don't know, the late, probably the early 70s. We had a, a small town not far from where I was following my parents. Well, I think I may have been working in the city. It doesn't matter. My brother said, you know, we have this um, race every year down the river when it's in flood on tractor tubes. Uh, sort of strapped tight together to make a sort of raft. Uh, won't you come with me? So I said, yeah, but I can't swim. Oh, he said, it doesn't matter. The river's not very deep. <laughs> so, <laughs> off we go. No life jacket. I can't swim. And um, we hit a rock and uh, came out of the water like a wedge, if you like. And we balanced on this rock. And I said, I want to get off. He says, how are you going to get off? There's 50 feet of water that side, 50 feet of water that side. Uh, you know, the water's pretty rough. So I said, but you said it wasn't deep. He said, well, I lied. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, a, wave, lied. a wave knocks us over the top and I come off this boat and I go down, down, down. I mean, a long way down. I hit the bottom and I'm trying to swim up. But stupidly, I'm trying to swim upstream to back where he is and I can't swim very well at all. And he's screaming, hang on, hang on. And I went under again. I thought, well, this is it. And then he grabbed me by the hair and he pulled me up. So that was my worst experience with water. But the point I was, and I played squash or racquetball, played a bit of golf. I've always been active. And then I had a heart attack. So the surgeon said, well, you've got to stop farming. And I, I said, but I've always been active. They said, that doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's no guarantee. It's probably why you survived your heart attack, but it, being active doesn't guarantee, but it helps your chances. So as soon as I recovered, I started walking again and I didn't want to run any more marathons. Well, the doctor said my knee would stop me before my heart. So then after that, I had a bypass and the surgeon, she said, you can do whatever you want. Your heart's good, but your knees might uh, not make it. So I decided to walk. So uh, last, no, year before last, 2019, I did 250 kilometers, what's that, 180 miles of the Camino de Santiago in Portugal and Spain. And then this year, I wanted, last year, I wanted to go again, but with the virus, I couldn't. So on the 12th of May, I started walking fairly regularly January after the worst of the winter, February maybe. And on the 12th of May, I said, I'm going to walk for 100 consecutive days. And I did. And I said, well, I've done that. It wasn't too bad. I only walk about two and a half miles in the morning, sometimes longer at weekends. I'm going to walk another 100 to 200. And uh, today was 233, I think, consecutive days of walking. So I got into the habit. This is the point I'm trying to make. But you know how good I feel when I get up, when it's pitch dark? Now I get up at... Um, sometimes 10 after five so I can upload a video to YouTube for instance and I'm on the road at 5:40. I'm on the road and I'm walking for my about 40 minutes and it doesn't matter if it's snowing ice I walk it's been uh, well under zero minus 12 centigrade one morning but I walk yeah. and it just gives you a good start but I sorry it's is a long story but what I'm trying to say to you or to the listeners is look after your health because if you if you neglect your health your gung-ho attitude will disappear very quickly if you can keep healthy. And the other side of that is if things are really getting you down, uh, just go outside for half an hour into the fresh air. Go and walk. Do whatever. Sit by the water. If you're a musician, go and play music. Paint. Read a, a book that's got nothing to do with business. Just break the mold or break the, just the routine and do something entirely different. Between looking after your health and taking those breaks, it's huge In um, because two four-hour sessions a day of being a little bit depressed by your business is a lot better than one eight or nine-hour uninterrupted day of being a little bit depressed by your business. So you get that break in and it makes the rest of the day a lot better. 
you have to be careful what you ask for because I found myself um, about, I think it's about 2000, whatever. And I realized I was sitting at a computer for 15 hours a day. Wow. No wonder I was starting to get, you know, like a little depressed. I put on some weight, you know, I put on about 50 pounds and I, 50 I was feeling, pounds. yeah, I did. I, I felt terrible. And so I, I, you know, I I'm spiritual. So I prayed and I said, you know, I need to figure out a way to get up every, every hour, at least once, if not, you know, every two, three hours, I got to get up and start moving around. So my dryer broke. So I had to start hanging out clothes when I had five kids at home. So I had to hang out clothes <laughs> three, four times a day. And every time walking out to the clothesline, I'd look up at heaven and be like, you know, y'all funny, yeah. so funny, <laughs> but I need a dryer. Um, but it did get me up and going, you know, just don't wait till, you know, the universe tells you, you gotta start, you gotta move around like you with a heart attack, you know, um, get up and get moving. That's actually a super easy way to break up the monotony of the day. And especially, yeah. you know, with COVID and all of us kind of being, you know, stuck inside, I think it's important for us to get up and get moving. But Peter, I think you're brilliant. I love your ideas for our listener who is feeling, you know, that they've lost their gung ho. Um, I think all of your ideas would be brilliant for them to look at. Go back to those questions that you said to figure out which one of these solutions is going to be the answer to help mm-hmm. you get that you know, get that oomph and excitement back in your life. But um, absolutely brilliant. I love having you on the show, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Peter. You've been great. Shared a wealth of knowledge with us today. So thank you so much for coming on. Love it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Been a real pleasure. You're listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend. We know, we know you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, Podserve FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. That's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Ella Glasgow, the general contractor of virtual events, founder of Beyond Virtual Events, where we create done-for-you, stress-free virtual events. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting clearer with every episode. I can tell you from my experience that keeping a solid eye on our mission to pull up on the greatness in people has been a key to the success of our business. Join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. Cool. You ready, Nate? Uh, As ready as I will ever be. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants because that's what we do here on the messy back end. We get all the anonymous questions for whatever reason because nobody thinks they can share their back end. And um, (laughs) cool. Yes, I definitely need a break because I haven't had any food in me yet. (laughs) 